This is Trail Tales, a running podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean Soban and David Waters. We'll discuss everything to do about running. It doesn't matter if you're a new runner or an experienced racer. The stories and guests at Trail Tales ARP will keep you entertained. From the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild! Welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of Trail Tales ARP. Today's guest is two-time Olympian Kadivas Robinson. Kadivas represented the United States in the 2004 Olympic Games in Athens and the 2012 Olympic Games in London for the 800 meter event. Kadivas holds a personal best in the 800 meters at 1 minute and 43.68 seconds. He's currently the men's and women's cross-country running coach as well as the assistant track coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Kadivas is a great motivational speaker as you're about to hear and he has a speaking series called Major Things Happen in Minor Moments. You're sure to enjoy the show. Run wild, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Trail Tales ARP Running Podcast. I am your host, Sean Sobon. Today's guest is really cool, guys. You're going to love this show. Today's guest is an Olympian an author, he's a motivational speaker, a mentor, a coach. He's a USA national champion and an NCAA champion. Kadivas Robinson, welcome to the show. And again, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here and talk with us. Thanks for having me. It's my, my pleasure. So you're, you're a very busy guy. And um, one of the really compelling things about you, I think, is the way you face adversity in life and you know, you're a two-time Olympian and we're definitely going to get into that, but I want to talk um, about the obstacles in life and your journey to success. Um, so you've stated that your ability to overcome obstacles in life isn't what made your personal comeback special, but it was because you recognized that the obstacles that were placed in front of you served a purpose in your life. Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm wondering what was it that led you to see that? Well, you know, it, it, in life, sometimes when we're going through things and we keep encountering them, we, we kind of ask ourselves, we say, man, why, why am I, why does this keep happening? You know, why is it, why does it keep happening to me? You know, you might lose a loved one. Uh, you might be applying for jobs and not able to get them. You might keep having these setbacks and failures. And then once you, you know, you go through them and you learn from them, you think, okay, well, that's not going to happen again. I, I, I went through that experience and I know better now, whatever. But you, they keep coming. So then after a while, you have to ask yourself, what is that? And what I learned is that that's life. You know, life is a whole bunch of challenges, a whole bunch of uh, uh, obstacles, a whole bunch of uh, things happening. And what it, us being able to to overcome them and so i realized really really quickly not not necessarily quick as in a sense of pace but as i was going through them that you know i'm never going to be able to avoid obstacles all out you know that's just part of the life it's, it's like planting a garden mm. you plant a garden you plant fruits you plant vegetables and the weeds just grow you don't even plant the weeds right they just grow and you think okay well maybe i planted them in the wrong area you, and you find a better area to, to, to plant your garden and 
Next thing you know, the weeds just grow. It's the same thing with obstacles and challenges in your life. And so I realized, you know what, uh, what separates, I guess you would say, uh, winners or champions from others is uh, not quitting when, when, when the obstacles come. Because I, I, I figured out some, probably in high school when I was you know, going through a lot of just personal stuff, not necessarily school, but I figured out that when things get tough in life, most people, now think about this, most people quit. And, and it's, it's, it's ironic. And you really think about it, when you think about anything in life, no matter where you're at, no matter what city, no matter what country, no matter if you're male or female, when things get extremely tough, most people quit. So I realized that, you know what? If I just don't quit, I'll beat most people. There you go. And, and that was an epiphany. And so from there, that's the way I've looked at a lot of the challenges I've, I've, I've had happen to me in my life. That's, that's, uh, that's so very true. And, you know, it reminds me of a story from when I was in high school. And I'll share it with you real quick. So I was, in, I was in my first year in high school and I ended up getting in a fight that day. So I got suspended from school. And, you know, that day just got worse because when we got home, we had a message from my grandmother saying that my grandfather was in the hospital. And he ended up dying that day. He had a stroke while he was on the bus. And, you know, it was, it was the first time I lost anybody close to me. And, you know, months went by and I had this kind of hole in my heart, missing my grandpa and everything. And, and one night I just prayed and I said, Lord, if there's any way that I can just see my grandfather just one time, can you just please make that happen? And we were up at our family cottage that my grandfather built. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and it felt like it was a dream, but there's more to it than that. And I found myself walking into the sunroom that overlooked the lake where my grandfather would often nap. And there he is standing in front of me and I can smell his scent. You know how everybody has kind of a scent mm-hmm. where, you know, I could smell him. It was just overpowering. And, and that's what makes me think it was more than just a dream. And he had really bright blue eyes in, in life. In his later years, he was legally blind. But when I saw him, he had bright blue eyes. He looked a little bit younger. And, you know, I hugged him and I said, Grandpa, what's heaven like? And his words to me were, it's more beautiful than you'll ever imagine. And he said, I just want you to know that keep doing what you're doing. Everything's going to be okay. Then he said, I have to go. He hugged me and disappeared. When I woke up that morning, I felt like that hole in my heart was gone. And there's a reason I'm telling you this story. It's because I was 16 years old at that time. And, you know, growing up into my 20s, I made a lot of, a lot of bad personal decisions and stuff. I went through some pretty hard times. I kept hearing my grandpa's voice, just keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Everything's going to be okay. And now here I am, 39 year old man. I've got my family. All my life is in order. And I know that everything's good. And it's almost like I felt like my grandfather knew that there was a struggle ahead of me. And he wanted to just give me some words of encouragement. Just keep on going, you know, do what you're doing. Don't quit. Pretty much was his message. So, yeah, you know, that. it's pretty crazy. So, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, you know, I was just saying, it's just, it's just, it's just a story I like to share with people sometimes when we're talking about adversity and everything, you know, and you got to keep going because eventually you'll end up where you're supposed to be. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you something, and, 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 and this is going to, and this is probably going to surprise you and maybe some of the listeners, but that experience you had, um, the genius part of that experience is that you recognize it. See, some people would have had a similar experience. And they would have just blew it off. They would have said, oh, I was dreaming. Or they would have said, oh, maybe I was just feeling emotional. But being able to recognize that that experience happened for a reason. You didn't just have that 
experience for a random reason. That, that experience happened for a real reason. And now that real reason for that experience has given you a little bit more purpose in life. And that's one thing I try, that's part of the Khadivism. That's one thing I try to tell people is that, you know, back in the day, um, you, you read and no matter what spiritual book you believe in, no matter what religion you are, you read all these stories about uh, uh, miracles happening. You read all the stories about uh, people talking to God or whatever they believe in. You hear them talking to them and have these experiences. And as we as we navigate the world now, we don't hear as much of that. And the reason is back then they understood that those experiences was a connection that they was having with with energy, a higher power, God, whatever you want to believe in. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of us are going through some of the similar things. And and if we only would just believe instead of blowing it off, instead of thinking people are going to think we're crazy or or whatever, instead of saying instead of doing those things and say, you know what, that's a that's a sign. That's a message because energy is real. And because, you know, we are able to see, see the, the, the beauty of uh, the beauty of humans. And this is a, this is going on a whole nother you know, spectrum is that we can see without our eyes. We can hear without our ears and we can smell without our nose and taste without our tongue. This is a fact. And the reason it's a fact is because you can close your eyes right now and you can see your granddad. <laughs> yep. You can very close true. your eyes and you can see people that's not there and you can dream or you can hear their voice and, 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 and they're not even talking right now. You see what I'm saying? So I do. But most people don't recognize that energy, don't let, recognize the level that the universe and God has put in us. And so there's many times that loved ones, people that we care about, uh, uh, there's many times that, 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 that the message has been tried to be relayed to us. And a lot of times we just say, oh, that's just us being you know, crazy or whatever the situation may be. But the genius thing you did, you understood that you, you tapped into the power, which is prayer, because I tell people, you know, prayer is communicating with God, talking with, to God, and meditation is listening. Yeah. And you were able to talk. You did the prayer. And then when you got still, you was able to listen. And but all, even more so, once you listened, you understood it was a reasoning behind it. And now that reasoning gives you energy to move forward. So I'm glad you shared that story because that's something I believe in. And a lot of times, you know, I'm a little I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, a lot of times I'm a bit hesitant to share that with individuals because I know a lot of people would be like, man, what this guy talking about? But because you shared your example, it 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 it, felt, it made me feel uh, open to share the way I feel about it also. Ah, uh-huh. and that's that's important. I think a lot of times maybe there's there's a bit of a hesitation there to share stories like that because you don't know what other people are thinking. And like you said, everybody holds different types of beliefs. Yep. But I th- but I think if you bring it down to the common level, there is that energy out there that you know whatever it is. It's there for us and it will give us, like you said, I think you hit on it. It'll, it'll, it'll give us little nudges in subtle ways. And like you said, we have to be open to those things to see them and get those clues and get those hints to help us move forward, I think. And, and I think there's definitely something to it. I'm, I'm not going to claim to understand all of it, yeah. but I, I definitely have that experience to share. And it was, it was a big experience for me in my life and I carry, carry it with me every day and I'm so happy for it. Yes. So it's pretty neat. Um, let's, I wanted to ask you, so you talk a lot about, you know, the champion's mindset or the winner's mindset and, you know, let's get into that a little bit. What, what encompasses having that champion's mindset? Well, we all, there was a time in which we all had it. 
you know, think about it. When we was born, just just the the uh, the act of being born is a champions and the winners mindset because you you came into this world and the first thing you did you started you know crying for attention. You wanted attention. As you got older, you wanted to be out front. One of the things that Dr. Martin Luther King says is that we all have the drum major instinct, and that drum major instinct we all want to be in the front. We want to all, all want to be in the lead. Uh, we all want to be a champion. And then he goes on to say that. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize he or she who's greatest amongst you should be your servant. And that's the new definition of greatness. And he said what he liked about that definition was that anyone could be great because everyone could serve. And so we all had the champion's mindset, but because of setbacks and failures and losses in life, some of us have lost it. We've lost that that champion's mindset. So what is that champion's mindset? The champion's mindset is when you was a kid, if someone asked you what you want to do, what you want to be, you would answer it. You would answer it with conviction. You would, you would, you would really believe you could do it. When you was a kid, if you, if you was, was doing anything, you did it with a hundred percent. You really truly believed that it was possible. You actually believe some of the things that, that might sound crazy. You believe you could fly. You believe all sorts of stuff. And we would try things that, that now, you know, we won't even try because we 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 be too realistic. So the champion's mindset and the winner's mindset is understanding it's not it's not that you're gonna win all the time. You know, it's not that you're not gonna have setbacks and failures. But the champion's mindset set and the winner's mindset is okay, even if you throw the interception on the first play of the Super Bowl like Tom Brady did, it's like okay, mm-hmm. that wasn't that was an event. The event failed, but you're not a failure. You don't identify with the event. You keep plugging away. And what happens to a lot of individuals in life is that they don't. They have these goals and they have these dreams, and then they don't keep plugging away. And even if they do continue to plug away, they do it at 80%. And that's not how you do anything. We don't, you don't do it at 80%. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. And so yes. that's the thing. The champion's mindset and the winner's mindset. But see, here's the thing. It's a skill set, and a lot of people don't know. See, a mind expanded can never go back to its original form. They don't know that they're navigating at 75%, so they have to be reminded. That's why I continue to say we all need coaches and we all need mentors. Now, you know, I, I use these examples. I, I just ask people off the bat. I say, who's the, who's the you know, smartest person in the world? And somebody might say Einstein. I say, who's the greatest you know, basketball player, they might say, you know, whoever, Jordan, whoever. who's the greatest, whatever, who's the, the most the smartest uh, investor, they might say Warren Buffett. All of those individuals had mentors and coaches, every last one of them. So if you tell me the most successful people, the, the most accomplished people, the best in any sport, the best in any area, the best in investing, the best in academics, the best in relationships, the best in everything in the world, no matter the religion, no matter the country, no matter the language, if they all had mentors and coaches, that's a clue. Success leads clues. But also failure right. does too. So I tell individuals, as you're looking back and you're trying to figure out what happened to my winner's mindset or my champion's mindset, what happened to that drive and that energy I used to wake up with in the morning? What happened to the fun I used to have with my wife or my spouse or my kids or whatever? What happened to me being excited about life? What happened to me having a failure but, but continue to fail forward? What happened to me not getting depressed when I got 
turned down from a job or a girl dissed me. What happened to that person? Well, it's still there, but see, that's why we need coaches and mentors. Because if we get caught into it on our own accord, then we can get, you know, that's that's the thing about emotions, right? Mm-hmm. They come from nowhere. It's like we some days, you know, it's it's amazing. Some days I wake up in the morning, I just I'm just happy. For what reason? I don't I, no reason, nothing happened. I just wake up. I got energy and I'm just happy. I just go and I make some coffee or whatever and I just feel good and I'm joking with everybody. And some days I just wake up and I'm sad. Now why? Who knows? I just wake up and nothing happened. I wake up in the morning and I got energy, but I'm just kind of down and sad, you know? But why? Who knows? So that's why we need mentors and, and coaches because that's life and that's energy and that's emotions and all those types of things. But if you have somebody you can you can plug into and say, hey, you know, they check in on you, you check in on them and just say, hey, you know, man, I'm not feeling it today. And they say, well, you know what? You know, the example I use is someone say, well, it's raining. And then my coach say, it might be raining in the finals of the Olympic Games. What are you going to do then? Well, you're going to keep running, right? What's the same thing in life? It's the same thing. You're not feeling well. Unfortunately, if a woman's not feeling well and she has to still, uh, she has to have a baby, well, she's still going to, you know, she's still going to do her best to, to push the baby out or make it, you know, that activity the best it can be. But mm-hmm. sometimes we need to be reminded these things because we are human. You know, sometimes we get we get tricked into thinking that the individuals that are massively successful in whatever area of life that we see, we think it just comes natural to them. Well, the chains of habit are too uh, light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Meaning that if you practice being grateful and being happy, at first it's a little bit of a struggle, but after a while it becomes a habit. But you know what? Being negative and being sad and being upset is a habit also. So that's the importance of um, of having mentors and coaches, and that's the champions and winners mindset. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and especially talking about, you know, having a habit like choosing to be happy or like you said you can choose to be miserable and and having coaches and mentors and you know it's funny I think my wife played the role of coach for me recently because I found myself in a bit of a funk you just kind of get caught up with with things that are busy and you know busy at work and all this stuff and and she talked to me one day and she's like you're miserable where's where's the Sean I know you know and she's like, you got to start, you got to start making that choice. Yep. I said, what do you mean make a choice? I can't choose to be happy. She says, yes, you can. So I started doing it. Yep. You know, every smart man listens to his wife. Yep. So I started doing that and it was, it was almost, you know, instant where I was like, okay, I'm doing better. And I said, if you see me kind of going back into that funk, you make sure you let me know and, and I'll work on it. Right. So yeah, man. So you're, 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 you're completely correct in that a hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Perfect. Yeah, man. So you mentioned it earlier, Kadivism, hashtag Kadivism. It's on all your posts on social media. You may have touched on a little bit, but, you know, let's let's dive into that. What what is Kadivism all about, man? Is, is it about that champion's mindset and, and not giving up? Is there more to it? Well, it's more, it's more to it because I think on the surface, I think on the surface, most of us know that we shouldn't give up on things. I think on the surface, most of us, most of us know that we want to be winners, we want to be champions, we want to be happy, we want to be successful. But what Kadivism is saying is it's just a way you, you decide to live your life. It's being authentically you. That don't mean you're being bad or mean. It don't mean you're being fake. It means who are you? You see, we have to remember that the universe and God put us here for different reasons, man. We want to think that we are here for a certain reason and we're trying to live our lives according to what other people think we should live our lives or our parents or whatever. 
And I'm here to tell you that you are here. I always say God created you on purpose for a purpose. Meaning just like God in the universe or whatever you believe in, created lemons to do certain things, created ants to do certain things, created what you have a, a, a purpose also. And as you navigate through life with the winner's mindset and the champion's mindset, as you navigate through your life, there are certain things that you should be doing with your life, even if nobody else understands it. Even the people are saying, man, why do you, I give you the, people might be saying, man, why are you doing this podcast? You say, well, I like doing the podcast. They say, well, only 40 people listen to it. Well, you know what? That's all right. Because that's yeah. you. That's why you do it. That's Kadivism, right? The Kadivism is when everybody's looking at you like you, you know, like you're crazy or saying you shouldn't try this or try that because because of whatever reason is they have, and you're saying, no, 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 no. This is me. This is authentically me. This is what brings me purpose and joy in life. See, most people can't do that. Most people, when they say they want to do a certain job, the job don't make a lot of money. People say, they don't pay money to be a school teacher. Why are you doing that? And they got to try to make some type of uh, explanation. Or you say you want to, you know, I remember when I was in college, I never told anybody this story, but it, it, I'm reminded of it. Now I had a friend that was asking me uh, about girls. And, and and my wife and I, we're, we're, we're pretty opposites. You know, she's extremely quiet and shy, way more religious than I, than I am. And, was. Mm-hmm. and he asked me and I said, you know, he asked about this random girl. And I said, that's the girl I'm going to talk to. This is a time we hadn't even been talking or nothing, right? And he looked at me. He said, Stephanie, you know, that's her name. We call her Jasper. That was her nickname. And I said, yeah. He said, man, she's so quiet and shy. And just not, he, couldn't, he couldn't see it, you see? But my point is, the point I'm trying to make is, that's how life is. We're going through life, and we're trying to make it make sense to other people. Now, what good is it going to make sense to other people when it don't make sense to us? So Kadivism, when somebody see that Kadivism, they're going to understand there's a unique part of whatever I'm showing you that's going to be specific for me and specific for your journey. And as long as you can continue to see that, then you're living. See, here's the thing. The universe and God put you here to live your life. You know, you know what? And, and this is going to, you know, this might make some people mad, but I have to say it. You know, there's some, some traditions in which, you know, our family or our culture want us to do certain things. And I was always reminded that, you know, as much as I might want, as much as a person might want their daughter to marry whomever, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be better if the daughter was able to marry who they wanted to marry that's going to make them happy? Because if the daughter marries who the parents want and she's miserable and the parents happy, what kind of living is that? You see? That's not, that's not, yeah. yeah. I know, but that's my point. So you would think just the fact that she's miserable and depressed, how can they be happy just because she married who they wanted, to, wanted her to marry? You see? Yeah, you see that's it? so backwards. Exactly. Yeah, see I see it, it the man. World. And I'm not talking about marriage. I'm just, yeah. just, you know, trade marriage for jobs, trade trade marriage for occupation, trade, trade marriage for uh, communicate, whatever it could be in life, trade for that and just think. Why? Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, each of us know inside of our hearts and our soul and our spirit that we are put here for. There's certain things we should do. There's certain times when you're finna do something and you know, you know what? My wife gets so pissed if I leave this toilet seat up. Let me put the toilet seat down. <laughs> now, now, think about it. There are times in which you be like, okay, I'm just going to leave it up and keep going. But then sometimes you, you, you'll get considered and say, you know what? Let me put this, this toilet seat down. 
It's the same thing in life when you know there's certain things you're supposed to be doing. And some people, they just continue to do the things that don't feed their, their spirit. And so when they see, hopefully when they see my post and they see Kadivism, they think, you know what? Screw that. I'm going all out, you know? Or if they want to, you know, if you're in a high school kid, you want to ask a girl out for prom, she might say, no, I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying that when you do these things, it's all going to be rosy and going to work out. I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. Don't get right. twisted. Because it's life. In life, you have dualities. You have ups, downs, hot, cold, yes and no's. But I'll tell you this. I, You know, I, I put a post on my Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and Twitter, and I said, you know, you're in a basketball game. It's the final 10 seconds of the game. Your team is down by two. Final 10 seconds, your team down by two. You got the ball, and your teammates is LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and, and Kobe Bryant. What do you do? And I've gotten all sorts of answers. You know, some people, well, I'm going to give it to Jordan because he can all, he's always come through at the end. Some, well, I'm going to give it to LeBron because he can get everybody involved. Some, Kobe, he can shoot a three better. Larry Bird ain't going never miss a three. Larry Bird make all threes. And I'm looking at all of them like they're crazy. I'm like, dude. If it's at the end of a game, we down by two. Championship game down by two. I got the ball in my hand. I'm shooting a three. Now people say, well, why are you shooting a three? I'm going to tell you why. Because if I don't shoot that three and somebody else doesn't miss, I'm going to go the rest of my life thinking, God, dog it. what if I would have shot that? But see, I don't want to do that. I want to take that shot. And if I miss, I miss. Because if they miss, I'm going to know in my head, I can miss two. What's the good? What's how they miss it better than my miss it? <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. The no most people don't think that way. See, most people don't make the game winning shot because they don't take the game winning shot. You got to take the game winning shot to make it. The, the reason that the Jordans and the Kobe's and and the and the and, and the baseball players that do the walk off home runs and and all the reason they do that because they go for it. Most people don't even go. They don't even take the shot. And what's sad is they don't take the shot in life. Because they don't want to fail, but it's all right. That's why we're here. We're here to live. Now, I'm not saying neglect your responsibility. You see, what I try to explain is this. This is not some, like, I'm not, I'm no, I'm not special. It's not like I got some somebody else don't have. The only reason I can recognize this is because I'm, I'm going to tell you how this came for, to fruition. I was sitting at the Olympic Games. I, you know, I was fortunate enough to make two Olympic teams. And I was looking mm -hmm. at people, and I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, what, what makes them so much special than everybody else? Because they're normal people. You can see it. They, they got fears. They, got, they love their family. You know, they, they, got, they got worries and doubts, you know, the whole nine. Well, what I figured out is, well, highly successful people, no matter if it's the president of the United States or whatever, they just think a little differently. That's it. When they when they when they when they when they hit up when they're facing obstacles, they don't their first reaction is not to retreat. And I had a friend tell me that in Monaco. That's when it's you know, it's this is a process. He said, Katie, you know, something we gotta think something wrong with us. I said, What you mean? He said, Think about it. We are tracking for athletes. That means we get up and we train as hard as we can train. Till we sweating, till we throwing up, till we sore, till we tired, till we can't move, till we hurting. And then we go back, go to sleep, and we do it over and over again every day. You can't be normal to do that. It's the same thing to want to be 
you know, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, president of the United States, start quit your job and be an entrepreneur. You know, whatever these things may be in life, and the ones that are successful. Now, remember when they first start, they're not already always hitting a home run on the first try. But the but there's some who go for it and they don't make it, and that's it for them. They take the easy route, but the, the but the ones who are champions and winners, they keep plugging in the way. And even if you don't succeed, you're further ahead, you're farther along. If I start right now and I have a goal of benching 400 pounds, bench pressing 400 pounds, let's say I bench press 150 and I want to bench press 400 sure. pounds. Two years from now, let's say I never get 400 pounds, I get a 370. I never make it to 400. I'm still further along. I went from 150 to 370. I'm still stronger. I'm still better. Doesn't that count for something? But see, some people they they don't see they don't look at the progress. They say, "Well, I didn't get the four hundred. Well, it's not a it's not a you know a, 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 a sum all. It's not a game in which you got to get everything or nothing. A better you is a better. I hear you. Absolutely, it's not it's not all about that end goal. Like you said, you gotta you gotta put things into yep. perspective and look where you started. Look where you're at. That's exactly what you're saying. It's. It makes so much sense, man. And that's the one thing I try to tell people. Sometimes accomplishing a goal is not as important as pursuing a the goal. There's power in pursuit. There's power in pursuit. So, so true, man. It's it's funny. It's uh, Well, we can't do it this year because the borders are closed. But the past few years, my family's gone down. We drive down to Florida for vacation, usually in the fall around this time of year. And, and one of my favorite parts of the vacation is just the drive yeah. down, you know, it's just it's just getting there. The journey there is is one of my favorite things. And uh, you know, once you get there, you have your vacation and the drive back. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's the pursuit, right? It's what you learn along the way. And you know, once you get where you're going, there's going to be more pursuiting, right? More more goals. Keep on moving. Keep on growing for Four sure. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, like you know, people. I guess it's it's very easy to lose sight. So it's great to have people like you to remind us that you know what. Don't get lost in the fog. Keep your keep your eyes on the prize. Keep moving forward. Don't quit, and and you are going to stumble. And I think that's a great realistic yeah. outlook to realize. You know what? It's not going to be easy. You're going to fail, but you got to keep moving forward. And there will be successes along the way yeah. as well. You know, I have sometimes I have this thing happen. I have one. You know, I'm, I'm a coach. You know, and I've coached a lot of different places in the whole nine. And <laughs> I tell you, probably once a week or once a, once a month, I have an athlete come in. They're going through something. And I mean, they'll be going through it. And I always remind them, I say, now, now, let me tell you something. I can't tell you who, because this is confidential. But I'm just letting you know, you're not the only person going through something similar to that. It might not be the same thing, but something similar. And you can always see them look like, are you sure? Because when we're going through stuff, we think we're the only one. You know, we think when we're failing and we're struggling, we don't think nobody else is failing and struggling. We think everybody's seeing our failures and our struggles. But the truth of the matter is, it's so many other people that's been going through it too. And by knowing that these struggles many times are universal struggles, then it helps you prepare for it. That's why the name of my nonprofit is the Reading and Running Initiative. And people say, well, what, what, is, what does that mean? Well, here's, here's, the, here's the answer. Any problem that there, that, that there is in life, someone else has encountered it. You're not the first one that's going to go through the issue or the problem. And whomever's encountered it before has written about how to overcome it, achieve it, or even handle it. So reading, 
one of the ways to be successful in life is reading because any problem you have right now, you can go and get on this internet, go to a library, call, and you can find out a way to read about it and at least understand it a little bit better, if not overcome it. And running yep. because of this, and I tell people, I don't care if you're Usain Bolt, I don't care if you're an Olympic champion in a marathon, I don't care if you're just a weekend runner, and I don't care if you're someone who never ran a day in your life. If you start running, on a treadmill, if you just start running just outside. If you run long enough or hard enough or fast enough, eventually a voice is going to pop in your head. And that voice is going to say, hey, man, why are you running so much? Slow down. Stop running. What you doing this for? You're hurting. My, my, my lungs are burning. I'm, you're tired. You're sore. Stop. Stop pushing. Stop going. Quit. That voice is going to pop in your head. I don't care. Every human being on the face of the earth is going to happen now. And if you can defeat that mm -hmm. voice... And you got it made. And, I, and people say, why? Because that's, that voice that pops in your head when you run and telling you to slow up and don't run toward the pain and slow down and quit and don't get up in the morning and exercise is the same voice that pops in your head when you're going after your goals and your dreams. The same voice. And here's the scary part. The voice never goes away. The best you can do is learn to ignore it. Have you ever seen the movie uh, A Beautiful Mind? Great movie. I have, yeah. Be beautiful Mind. In that movie, Russell Crowe is this amazingly smart uh, uh, professor, a genius. And he's working on his job. He's a genius. He's a professor. He's doing well. And then suddenly, he starts to have mental problems. And as he's having these mental problems, he's, he's noticing a man and a little kid that's, that's following him and giving him advice and talking to him and doing all this stuff. And he starts to really have some issues with that. But lo and behold, he had these mental issues for a long time, you know. But after about a couple of years, he figured out something real, on accident. He was going through it, and everybody kept telling him they wasn't real. He knew they was real because he was seeing them. He was seeing them and hearing them. He's like, you can't tell me this ain't real when I can see them and I can hear them. But what happened, he realized, he, mm -hmm. been, he said, I've been knowing them. They've been messing with me for five years. And then, voila. Five years? Oh, how old is the girl? Well, she's, you know, I'm paraphrasing, nine years old. Well, hold on. How old is she now? Nine years old. Well, no. Oh, she ain't aged. They haven't aged. They've been messing with me for all these years, and they haven't aged. So then he realized they wasn't real because they hadn't aged. So as he came into this realization and started getting his help, he started getting back better. And lo and behold, he's, he's able to go back and start back being a professor at the uh, university. So after he's a professor at the university, one day he's outside and one of the other professors come and say, hey, you know, professor, I noticed that you're back and you're lucky you're doing great. But I just wanted to, I had a personal question. I hopefully you can answer it and don't, it don't make you upset. But I know you was having some mental stuff. Are, are you still struggling? Like, are you still, I know you used to see things and, and hear things. Are you still seeing and hearing things? And Russell Crowe looked over to the corner and lo and behold, that boy and that man and that little girl was still over there. And Rusko said, yeah, I, I still see him and hear him. And the, and the man was kind of surprised. He's like, huh, you, you do? And then Russell Crowe said, yeah, but I just ignore him. I learned to ignore that. That's life right there. The doubts and the fears and the challenges we have in life, many times, they're not going to just go away and disappear. That voice just don't just go away. Anytime you go through any type of struggles or pressures or obstacles, it pops back up. But as we continue to plug into mentors and plug in the coaches, 
and 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 partner with positive, powerful people, we learn to ignore it. Ignore those voices that's telling us what we can't do, and ignore it, and 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 push forward, because the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Well said, my man. Well said. That's uh, that's so very true, and and great advice. And I love the analogy with that movie as well. It's you know. Those things are going to be there, but you either you can focus on them and let them keep you down and stay where you're at, or you can ignore them and, and yes, move yes. on, right? That's yes. so well said, Kadivas. So we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to get back and let's get, let's get into All talking right. about some running. Hey guys, I want to share some exciting news with you coming from TrailTalesARP.com. I recently completed my running coach certification from United Endurance Sports Coaching Academy, otherwise known as USCA, and I'm teaming up with Alex Maycock. If you recall, he was a previous guest on the show. He's an elite cross-country skier and an effective middle-distance runner. Alex and I share a passion for human physiology, especially as it pertains to sports. We're going to be bringing you two articles a month that you can access for free at trailtalesarp.com under the Coach Talk page. These articles are going to talk about the theory behind the physiology, and we're also going to teach you how to apply that theory into a practical sense in our running and our training. We're very excited to bring you this new feature. The new articles are going to start coming out very shortly. Stay tuned. Visit trailtalesarp.com. Until then, run wild. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm here with two-time, two-time Olympian Kadivas Robinson. Um, Kadivas, we've been talking about some great stuff, the champion's mindset, Kadivism, and, and really learning how to, to build those habits to be a champion in life and, and to be a winner. And let's start talking about running now. We can, I can't interview you without talking about your running experience, man. I mean, like, I still can't believe I'm, I'm speaking with a two-time Olympian. Like, this is, you know, I'm just regular <laughs> Joe Schmo, right? So, <laughs> so um, let's, let's talk about um, your running experience. So can you take us back to maybe like your high school days? How did you, how did you become a runner and, and, progress all the way up into being, you know, like a U.S. national champion, NCAA champion, and then getting yeah, into the so Olympics. You know, essentially, I was, I'm from Texas. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. I was born in Dallas, raised in Fort Worth. And to be quite honest with you, I started out playing, you know, football, you know, and our football coaches pretty much wanted us to do track and field also. And that's kind of how it all started. And then after a while, once I was in high school, I still was more focused on football. But, you know, I mean, it was girls out there with running track, man. So, you know. You know how it is in high school. You know, you're kind of chasing girls, too. So it was a, yep. it was a, it's a win-win situation where I could be out there running track and, uh, and also, you know, be out there with the girls. And, um, and that's kind of how it started. Now, I was always naturally competitive. That don't mean I was, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't winning everything or anything like that. And, and to be quite honest with you, I tell people I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't get a full scholarship going to college. You know, I didn't, I, I only took one official visit. And that was to TCU, and I'm from Fort Worth. TCU is literally 15, 20 minutes away from where I was, you know, raised in Fort Worth. So okay. I wasn't that. I mean, I wasn't that good. I, you know, the best finish I ever got in high school was fourth place, and that was my senior year. I didn't make state until my senior year, my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. I didn't make state in track and field. I only made it my senior year and got fourth. So I wasn't like 
a star. I didn't, you know, I didn't get, I wasn't ranked in the, none of that. I was just a guy who ran pretty well his senior year, got a little, got recognized by the, the, the local uh, university in my, my, my uh, hometown. And, you know, I took out some loans and kind of some grants and some loans and, and, and got onto the team and, and worked my way up and, you know, had to work my way to get some, you know, get some scholarship money. So that was kind of the journey. Now, the way I, be, I, 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 I got better was, again, what I told you earlier, what I realized was that, you know, when things get tough, most people quit. Now, I was an 800-meter run. 800 meters is the, is the toughest event in track and field. So, you know, to have that type of mentality is the best thing because the 800 is going to bring you some pain. Most people are going to they're going to want to stay away from that pain. They're not going to run to that pain. So I knew just on mm-hmm. the back that because, you know, I say this sprinting is, you know, you know, it's just running. And once you start getting tired, you, you already finished. But distance running is running while tired. And I knew, you know, in an event like that, once it starts to get hard and painful, most people, they don't want no parts of that. So I just felt like whether it was true or not that I had an advantage because I knew once it starts to hurt and, and people get tired, they was going that's when they was gonna start thinking about quitting. And if I could just think about pushing forward, I would have a chance to beat them. And that was kind of the way it went. I wasn't it was I didn't have no special, you know, talent per se, or I wasn't like a like I said, better than everybody, but I learned. And as I got to college, I started learning even smaller things. I started learning, you know, 70 to 90% of success is just following instructions. You know, most people won't do that. It's amazing. Even as a coach, I look, you know, I always use an example. If if you want to be a better free throw shooter, you can go ask Stephon Curry and he can tell you. Now, Stephon Curry might say, okay, to be a better free throw shooter, what you want to do is you want to, you know, shoot 100 shots a day with your right hand and your left hand every day for two years. Now, some people are going to listen to that and they're going to go, well, what if it rains? We well, say, well, I didn't, I didn't say anything about if it rains or not. I just said every day. Well, what about if your right hand started? I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. every day, right hand, left hand for two years. Well, what about if you had 80% at 70? No, 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 no. Left hand, right hand, 100 shots. See, that <laughs> most people won't do that. And I'm telling you, 70 to 90% of success is just following instructions. And so I realized really quickly that I would be, again, I'd be better than most people if I just followed instructions. So now I got to, you know, I have in this respect a little bit an advantage because A, won't quit and, and B, follow instructions. And that led me, you know, you know, you know, to, to a little bit more success. And then I realized success lead clues and failure lead clues. Meaning, you know, there are certain things that people who are successful do and there are certain things that people who are not successful that they do. So I tried to avoid some of the things. Obviously, you learn what to eat and what not to eat. You learn, you know, what, how much sleep you're going you're gonna to need. You learn the conversations you need to have in your head. You, need, you learn all these little things. Uh, and, 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 and that's how the journey began to being successful in track and field and, you know, and eventually winning an NCAA and national championship. Yep. So you, you kind of discovered this formula through your journey it's not like you had it right from the beginning this was exactly. something you learned along yeah. the way so i was i was you know i'm from the inner city awesome. raised extremely poor so the idea of getting extra help or anything through money wasn't going to happen right so i just when i was younger i just thought you work hard and you know that's to me that was it you just work you work your butt off and good things happen and that was true up to a certain extent you know you get you know you can work hard but if you work hard right. on the wrong things then, then now you're just teaching yourself the wrong way of doing things. That's what happened to a lot of 
athletes and people now. If they're, they can be doing, see, see, here's the thing with your subconscious mind and body. Your subconscious mind grabs onto things even if you're not conscious of it. So a lot of times when people are training, and especially when they start getting tired and fatigued, they start doing a certain thing. Now, even though they're not training to do the wrong thing at the end when they're tired and fatigued, it still has become a habit because you're still doing it over and over and over again. And your subconscious would grab onto it. Mm -hmm. So now you have to be conscious of those things. So that's why when people say, uh, when people say practice made perfect and somebody, you know, corrects them and say, no, perfect practice made perfect. That's true. It ain't just practicing anything. It's, you have to, that's why motivational, that's why the best company, right, um, that's successful, they always doing uh, 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 what you call it, professional development. They always having speakers in. They always doing these things because they understand that you have to keep the. They say stay close to the fire, and that's the way you stay warm. You get away from the fire, you get cold. It's the same thing, you know. Now, fortunately for a lot of us, mm -hmm. uh, you know, let's say if somebody playing in the NFL, well, the Super Bowl is a carrot that's that, that's dangling, right? You have it. And when we was younger, the degree was the carrier that was there. You know, we want to get our degree, so we're going to go through school or whatever the situation may be. Or maybe our parents get on our butt with the, with the carrier. But as you become an adult and you don't have other, your parents are not there to force you to do anything. Or you don't have those built in. Sometimes, you know, let's say you got built in bonuses. If you get 100 sales, then you get a bonus. But you don't have those things with it. What's going to keep you of navigating at a high level? Well, the, the winner's mindset and the champion's mindset. But if you don't know about it, then now you never. And, and, and remember, this is the thing I have to say. It's not about just success. Because you, there's some people that say, well, I'm successful enough. I make whatever. I bought a home. I'm married or whatever it may be. But you can be doing 10 times more. And that's why you're here. You see, humans yeah. are the only species on the face of the earth that knowingly stop short of their full potential. If a bear can get this big, it gets as big as it can get. If a cheetah can run super fast, it runs as fast as it can get. But a human, a human can, can be able to make an A-plus in the classroom. And they'll be at a B-plus and they'll say, you know what? I'm good. I'm still going to pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, me, that was me in high school. If I got a 60, if I got a 60, it's like perfect. If I exactly. got a 70%, it's but, like I aced but, it. But what I'm trying to say is <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one so thing true. to do that on a test. I use it as, as an analogy. But it's another thing to do it as life. Who would it, who would knowingly yeah. be less of a dad than they can be to their kids? In what situation is that acceptable? I know. Yeah. None. In what situation is it acceptable to be less of a son to your parents, especially as they're getting older? None. So, but they not, but see, but if you but they don't know. And if you remind them, say, you know what? You know, hey man, you know. Leaving work a little early and you catching, you know, catching the start of your son's football game, that's important. And if they're not reminded, they might think, well, he's going to understand or my wife understand, my kids understand, I got to work. But you know what they understand more? Man, my dad left work early to come see me play. I'm going to give it all I got. And when, when you're 85, 90, 100 or dead, they can tell us, they can tell that story about their dad being there and how excited they were. But see, you need somebody to remind you of that. So now we'll get tricked into thinking, yeah, oh, well, I got to work or, oh, my wife understands. I mean, like, you know, I have to travel online. No, no. Why knowingly do less than you have to do 
with the people that matters. See, it's your job. You're replaceable. But you're not replaceable at home. Remember that. Very big, very big perspective. Absolutely. So my job as Khadivism is to remind so people true. that. And it's not always good. You know, for some people who, who are high achievers and high thinkers, they love it. But there's other people that get pissed. They don't want me to remind them of that. They think I'm calling them out. You know? They're like, look, this guy, this, what he talking about, this, this, and that. Yep. He, this, this, and that. No, just because someone, I can be, I can make a mistake and still, and still warn you not to make the same mistake. You know? Yep, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just one of those things. It's like, so for for my uh, for my day job, I'm a paramedic. It's something I've been doing for 17 years. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I, I, I come across patients who are, you know, I've met people who are 105 years old. I think the oldest person I met was 108 years old. Yep. And I love to talk to those people because they've lived through so much, you know, and, and I ask them, what kind of advice would you have for a guy like me, a young guy like me, you know? And not one of them has ever said, you know, go work more, make more money. <laughs> you know, it's right. it's spend time with the people you love, do the things that are important in life, you know. And and to hear that from somebody who's lived such a long life and lived through so much, it it really does mean a lot. And I'm I'm pretty lucky to be yep. able to have that experience as well. So, and and you're you're saying the exact same thing those people are seeing. So you're you know, people thinking like that, you're that much farther yep. ahead of the curve, you know. And it's it's funny. It's one of those things. It's so important, but it's it's one of those things that can be fleeting. It's so easy to lose that that perspective. So getting reminders is is so important. I think for sure. And I'm I'm glad yeah, we're able to have that and share that, that with the audience. You have to put it to play. You have to put it to play reminders because yeah. you'll forget. It's just like 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 whenever I have a meeting, I put it in my calendar because I'll forget. It's the same thing. You have to put those things out there because you because you're human. You will you will forget, and you will get trapped into thinking you're 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 navigating at your at your top level or you're doing things at a top level but sometimes you're not if you were to really evaluate it you go okay you know what i can do better and if you can do better you should because doing better is is essentially what's going to happen is you're going to motivate others and inspire others by by you doing better oh yeah and it's like it's like a it's like a ripple effect, That's right? right. It will, people, other people will feed off of it. And I mean, whoever's listening to this right now, they might be like, "Yes, these guys like keep on keep on talking, keep on saying this stuff." But when this show ends, you know, it's it's up to the individual yeah. now to carry that with them. And like you said, write it down in your book. Remind yourself. I'm going to start using hashtag Khadivism in my posts as a reminder because because it's it's it really you is got it. And the thing perfect. is, it really here's is. The, here's the secret. So, you got to do it. It's more important when you're feeling crappy. When you're feeling good, it's easy to be motivated. Yes. It's when you're feeling crappy. It's when things are yes, rough. It it's is. when things are tough. It's when everything's against you. That's when you really need it. You really need it at those times. And then also share it. You know, um, and, and this is where I get really excited. The Parable of the Talents, one of my favorite books. It talks about it in every uh, spiritual book in the world. It talks about individuals having talents and gifts and it talks about god the universe or whatever you believe in giving each human being some sort of talent or gift we all have a talent or a gift it could be writing it could be singing it could be walking it could be whatever mm -hmm. it could be anything and the thing is whenever you have a talent or a gift your job with a talent and a gift is to recognize you have it develop it 
multiply it and share it. That's the that's what you're supposed a gift, you know, in the in, in, in the parable, it talks about, you know, uh the, the boss gave one person ten talents, another person five talents, and another person one talent. The person that had ten talents recognized he had ten talents, developed them, multiplied them, and shared them. The boss said, Man, I can see you do well with, with talents, I'm gonna give you some more. The person that had five talents, recognized he had five talents, developed he had the five talents he had, you know, multiplied them and shared them. Both say, man, I gave you only five, but you, you did well with those. And he shared them. The person that had one talent that we all can relate to him, he looked at the person with 10 and five and looked at the boss and said, now hold on. You gave that person 10. If that person loses half of his talents and gifts, he still got way more than me. And look, you gave him five. If he loses three, he still got two. That's still more than me. I wanted to bring you something. I wanted to have something. I wanted to be able to tell people I have some. I wanted to be proud about having something. So I kept my talent. Here's my one. The boss said, now hold on now. You're saying you kept it because you wanted to show people. But talents are not for you to keep. I give you talents and gifts to share. And there are people right now that should be doing a podcast. Or they should be singing or should be writing. They should be a teacher. They should be a paramedic. They should be drawing. They should be traveling. Who knows? And they're keeping their talents and gifts to themselves. But that's not why you have a talent and a gift. It's not for you to keep and stick your chest out. It's for you to recognize it, develop it, multiply it, and share it. So as you said, what you're saying with Kadivism, yeah, it's great that you can recognize this, but what you're supposed to do also is share it. As you go on, you might be fine. You might be having a mm -hmm. great day. And you see somebody else and you're like, you know what? Hey, man, I, I, I noticed you, you know, Hey, you know, I got this friend's name is Khadibism. Khadib is about doing things at a really high level, even when you're feeling bad. And I recognize we've been working together for two years and, you, you know, you good, you know, and that's what I'm talking about is being able to understand that that talent and gift and something, even that knowledge that you've gotten, share it. Don't let it leave with you. That's right. It's so true because if you do, you're wasting it, right? And that's not why you have them. Yeah. You have them to serve them. Can you imagine all the amazing, great uh, uh, scenes that just died with people? That's just been gone? Yeah. It's gone. That's your thing. And when it says gone, it's Here's gone. Here's what I tell people. There's certain things in the world, and this is powerful. There's certain things in the world that only you can give to the world. The way you say certain things, nobody else can say. The way you, the way I say I love you to my kids, nobody else can say that to, to my kids the same way. Period. The way you smile or laugh when your wife tells a joke, nobody else can laugh like that when you do. So there's certain things that the world needs that only you can give it to the world. There's certain things that people need, random people need that only you can say it to them that'll resonate with them the way that it will. When I was at TCU, I was, I was, my bachelor's degree in social work, my master's degree in public administration, when I was at TCU, we used to have to volunteer uh, as part of my uh, my social work thing, volunteer with this school across the street with little kids. And I would volunteer and put some time in or whatever. Uh, the kids were between the ages of 7 and 12 or whatever. But anyway, I graduated, you know, moved to California. And when I was in school, we didn't have, inter you know, the internet and Facebook and all that type of stuff. But lo and behold, when I'm in California, I get a friend request uh, from a man. You know, I didn't know who the person was. And he, you know, like a teenage, like a dude that was in college or something with some 
you know, beard and a mustache and the whole nine. He said, now, Mr. Robinson, and off the bet, I knew something was up. because I wasn't that much older than the guy, I, I thought. And he said, Mr. Robinson, I know you don't remember me. Yeah. My name is such and such. And I'm that kid that you used to work with at the school that was close to TCU. And I want to tell you that you told me some stuff, and I remember. I remember you said A, and I remember you said B, and I remember you said C. And I'm right now. I went to the military, and I'm in college, and I want to thank you for telling me that because it made a difference. I had to find you and tell you this on Facebook. I got chills reading that thing. Wow. Chills. I got chills just and hearing I you said, tell me about oh that. My <laughs> I didn't recognize him, wow. but evidently the stuff I was telling him. He was listening and he held on to it. And he said, I gotta let this. I'm glad he let me know. I tell this story every time I can, every chance I can. I tell this word. I tell people there's certain things that the world needs you to give to it. And that's what Khadib is. That's why I get so passionate about this. Cause I know, see, I know this. I know there's certain things that you shine that you gotta give to somebody that if you don't give it to them, if you don't give it to the world, he won't, he won't, he won't get it. And what if the thing you gotta give to the world end up being something I need? So I got to make sure I tell you that whatever you got to give to the world, give it to the world. Because the last thing I want to happen is not tell you that you don't give it to the world. And it comes back that I needed it. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's connected in some way or the other. Eh? But I mean, that just goes to show you, you may not have remembered that young man, but yep. you had such a profound impact on his life. And you never, you never know when that's going to happen and, and how, how, he's going to impact other people's lives in a positive way as well. You know, just like what you said, man, it's, oh man, I chills. My, Seriously, my there's no other word this. right now. I say, you That's know, insane. when you're doing something, it's like, it's like my son, my son name is Zion, my, 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 uh, my oldest. And we don't know which, we don't know which time okay. we call him by the name Zion and he's going to get it. The first time I call him Zion, he didn't even respond. The first 10, 15 times I say Zion, he don't respond. He don't even look. He don't know. And so I got to keep saying Zion, 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 Zion. Keep saying Zion until he responds. Now, if I knew, if I knew that I had to call him Zion 1,500 times, that he would get it after 1,500, I would have got that after the way the first day. I would have been Zion, 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 Zion. But we don't know. Right? So we just keep, it's the same thing with life. We don't know when we give that compliment, which compliment is going to make a difference. We don't know we go to work and put 100% in as a, you know, as a paramedic, which one's going to make a difference. We don't know when we listen to our kids or are sharing something, which one's going to make a difference. We just got to keep doing it until it makes that difference. If we know it, it'd be easier, but we don't. So we got to act as if each one makes a difference. And what I've learned is it's, it's usually the times I got a, one of my uh, presentations I do is called uh, uh, Major Things Happen in Minor Moments. That's what my book called, and it's, and it's one of my presentations. And I say that mm-hmm. because the truth is, I said major things happen in minor moments, but the truth is there are no minor moments. Major things happen when we make them happen. You see, most people navigate life thinking major things happen in major moments. I'm telling you, major things happen in minor moments, but most of the things is major moments. They think major things don't happen when they get married or at a funeral or when they graduate or when they travel or at this event. No, no, no. Major things don't just happen at, at the Super Bowl or at the Olympics or when you get married or at an anniversary. No, major things happen in the minor moments. In the everyday moments, that's when major things happen. But really, major things happen when you make them happen. And when do you make things happen? Anytime. 
That's what all the greats was trying to tell us. That's what Buddha was trying to tell us, like Jesus or Muhammad or or whomever you believe in, Gandhi or MLK or or Nelson Mandela or Mother Teresa. They're trying to tell us, hey, you can make things, you can make things happen right now if you make a decision and if you just understand that just because you did it once and it didn't work out don't mean it's not going to work out. Just like I called my son by Zion the first 100 times and he didn't, he didn't answer, don't mean he was never going to learn his name. So I just kept calling it, calling his name. Mm-hmm. And if the universe and God put you here to do something, then do it. And do it at a high level. Don't do it at a small level. Because remember, humans are the only, only species that knowingly don't reach their full potential. Do it at your top potential. Yeah, and and that it potential does. it could look different for for different people, right? Your your potential is getting to the Olympics. My potential exactly. is you know running without uh, exactly. blowing out a lung or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> one is see this is the, the thing. One is not more important than the other. It's only more important to the other if we if we're doing it for the wrong reason. You see, I, I I'm reminded, uh, yeah. and this is another story that gets me kind of emotional. I had you know I had some 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 student athletes that would walk on. And this is the story I, I try to tell everybody this story, but and 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 one of my student athletes, their junior year in college, they finally got to travel. They were walk on, so they never was traveling a lot, right? They finally got to travel to conference meet. They were excited. They told totally hope. They told all their parents to come. They had all these people there, and they you know they wasn't going to win and like that, but they you know they were just happy to be able to travel and compete, you know. And so their family and everybody was there. They was in the ten k, and yep. halfway through the ten k. The referees and the judges pulled them off the track because they was getting lapped. And the referees and judges didn't tell us they was going to do that. You know, at least I was going to let them know, man, if you start getting lapped, they're going to pull you up. But they didn't tell us. They pulled them off the track. And this kid was devastated because he got lapped. His family was there. He man. didn't even finish the race. You know, who cares if he'd have finished 25th? He just wanted to be. He wasn't traveling for almost two years, really. He, he finally had to travel to the conference championship. And his family traveled. They spread the money the whole night. He got pulled off the track. And I just felt so bad for this kid. He felt bad. And then uh, when I was talking to him, I was trying to like, matter enough. He said, Coach, don't worry. I'm going to be back next year. And I'm going to score. And he looked me right in the number of this kid. I'm thinking, you know, you're a walk-on. And you, got, you just got lapped so bad. You know, you didn't even finish the race. Your only conference championship. And you, I'm going to come back next year. And I said, okay. That's what I like to hear. That's the type of attitude I like to hear. The next year. That kid was—he's a teacher. He ended up being a teacher, but he had to do his field placement. He would come to practice at you know early in the morning, get it get it done. That kid worked his butt off. The next year, he scored. The next year, and I was so excited, and I didn't really wow. bring this up is because I was so excited that some people thought that I had somebody who just won the conference championship. They're like, "Why are you said so, what just happened? Did we miss something?" I said, "No, I had a kid that just got seventh or eighth place." They looked at me crazy. What's wrong, with this dude? What's wrong with this coach, man? Somebody play, man. Get out of here. And I'm thinking, and, 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 and for me, I'm so excited because they didn't understand success to one is different than the success to another. I'm excited because the year before, this kid got pulled off the track with his parents there. And he told me that then and there, I'm coming back next year. And not only am I not going to get pulled off the track, I'm going I'm to get top eight. I'm going to score. And he did it. Yeah. Wow, that's that's something you can make a movie out just, of. And I was just jumping. At really, you know. Understand it. And I'm and I'm just so and I was so excited for him because I couldn't imagine yeah. 
you know, and, 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 it, and it resonated with me and my soul because I, I, you know, I missed my first Olympic team in, in the year 2000. I was ranked number one in the U.S., top, top 15 in the world. I was predicted number one. I was the defending USA champion. So, you know, I was thinking I was going to win the, champ- the Olympic trials. At worst, getting second, I didn't even think about third. And, yeah. and not getting top three never crossed my mind. I wouldn't even entertain that jump. And when I ended up getting fourth, I was lost. And so now I had to make a decision if I was going to come back in four more years just to try to make the Olympic team. Because remember, you don't automatically make it. You got to wait four years just to try. Yeah, and it's... Four years is a long time. Four years, yeah, four four years, years can be a long time. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to... I, I don't do this no more. Yeah, it's true. I used to joke and say, hey, man, in four years... Nobody even know if they're going to be alive. So the point is, I knew how it felt yeah. to have to wait for years to come back just for the opportunity to try. And so when this kid told me, I'm going to come back next year, coach, and I'm going to score. I'm like, man, that's what I'm talking about. He believed in himself. Did you, did, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, did you see a little bit of yourself in that kid like, there? Not only when he, come when back, he said that, yeah, just just to not get lapped, he said he gonna come back, he gonna score, and he did it, and that was the same as me both times I missed the Olympic team coming back. You know, when I was thirty two, and I, you know, the, the first time I was young, I was that was in two thousand. You know, I didn't have kids, I wasn't married, you know, so you know, it made a lot of sense to come mm-hmm. back and try and all that. But in two thousand and eight, I was thirty-two years old. I was married. You know, I had you know I had kid, the whole nine. So at that point, I had already made an Olympic team before. I had my master's degree. So people were saying, "Hey, man, you know they had already written me off like this dude from the time," because the, all the people who beat me there, they was all going to be back also. So for me to, and they was going to be they was going to be in their prime because they was way younger than I was. Right. I was going to be old. And they was going to be in their prime. So for me to make a decision to say I'm going to come back for you just to try, know I'm not to reach the same people, you know. But that's that's exactly what I did. So, yeah, I saw I saw a, a part of me in that young man. And like I said, like when you asked that question, success and doing those things look different. Yeah. One person it might be, you know, being the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And another person might be being the CEO of a small company in your small town. You know? But that's better than what you was doing at first mm-hmm. than just working for that small company in your small town when you know you can be the, the boss or the CEO or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with working with. I'm just saying I'm going off of, uh, for levels of, you know, what your goals and potential is. That's right. Yeah. It's all about, about reaching your potential, right? And not, like you said, choosing just to be just okay with it you know if you know you can do better you know inside yourself that you you're capable of more than what you're saying is you got to try you got to go at least try to be more somebody something needs it yeah that's the point it's more than just you trying it because you want to that's that's the point somebody somewhere needs it because energy i always say this and i don't know if people really get what i'll be saying when i say this. energy is real Energy is real. What I mean by that is you can you can be doing something. You can be at a dance and you can't dance at all. 
and you can look over and see another person on the other side of the dance floor that's a worse dancer than you, and they they dancing their ass off. And you, and you watching them, and you're like, that person cannot dance. And they really, they sweat, <laughs> and they really dancing, and people laughing at them, and they making fun of them. But then it comes to realization that you're like, hold on, they laughing, making fun of them. But this cat really over there dancing. Like, he's really... And now you want to dance. Now you're like, you know what? I can dance better than him. And yet he's doing it. I'm sitting on the side judging. And, and then you want to go do it. That's what I'm talking about. Energy is real. Yeah. Very much so. And I mean, it even equates like we got a, we got a new puppy at home too. And, you know, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta train this dog properly. So I'm, I'm watching all the dog whisper episodes I can. <laughs> and, you know, Caesar's always go. talking about the, the, the energy with dog. They're going to feed off your energy, yeah. be calm, assertive. And, and it's, it's so very true. And, and I notice when, I, when I'm walking with my dog and I'm trying to get her to walk properly and, you know, by my side, if she starts getting, she's pulling on the leash and chasing squirrels and stuff. Like her energy is getting up there. She's getting frazzled. I know I'm getting frazzled. So I got to consciously say, okay, I got to calm down, change my approach here. And yep. then if sure enough, she starts to calm down along with me. Right. And it's, it's so very yep. true, man. And even, you know, well, you have somebody with negative immediately. energy, you walk into it. a room, they can change the whole room. You can feel it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing for sure. Yeah. So, you you had that you know you had that champion's attitude like finishing fourth place twice you know just missing out on going to the olympics like that's the toughest spot because you know second or third at least you meddled and you could say well i could have done what better but you meddled you're on the podium right being in fourth man that's like the first spot yep out of that that meddling right that podium that's that's, that's got to be the toughest finish and, and you experienced that and you know, I guess you you mm -hmm. made it to the Olympics mm -hmm. in 2004, which was Athens. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, and then and then 2012 yep. in London, yep. most recently, and they retired after that, I believe. So, I guess like, what were the major differences between you know your qualifying in 2004 and then going into 2012, where you like you said, you know, everybody's kind of in their prime and and yeah. you're near, nearing the end of your professional um, or your your, 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 your Olympic career here. When I was running in 2004. I was running for the same reason everybody else was running, and that was just to, you know, make an Olympic team and be a professional athlete and, and all that type of stuff. I didn't know my why. Uh, when I was running in 2012, yeah. I understood my why. So that was a that was a big difference right there. Not making the team in 2008 helped me understand my why. Helped me understand why I was running, you know. I understood in 2012 that by making the team, that would give yeah. so many people, other people, hope and motivation because they had experienced the down, you know, the downfall and disappointment that I had in 2008 with me. And, um, and so I understood that when I was running from that point on, why I was running, why I was competing. And so, so, you know, it's a difference. Uh, right. You know, I'll tell this quick story. Um, in the movie, um, Cinderella man is a part now when the boxer he's really really good and then he, he fell on hard times really really hard times him and his family fell on a whole bunch of hard times got so hard that once they was going to eat some cereal and they didn't have enough milk for the whole family so the wife put some water in the milk she put the water in the milk to make it more milk so they could eat the cereal so he's in, he's sitting there looking at his life eating these this milk that's mostly water Looking at his kids and his wife and just like, man, how did it get to this? 
lo and behold, he got an opportunity to go and box again. Wasn't supposed to do anything. Was supposed to lose. Ended up winning. Started grabbing some motivation, some, 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 you know, momentum, and started winning. So after he started winning and doing well again, uh, you know, somebody interviewed him. And the person that interviewed him said, hey, man, you was down in your luck. You was looking terrible. You was, you know, you was out of it. Now you're starting to win. And, um, you know, wh- you know what happened? How did you become, go from being a loser to a winner? He said, well, now I know why. Um boxing and the guy said why he said milk that's all he said milk you see when you have a why wow. behind you yeah when there's a why it changes everything it changes everything when you have a reason for what you're doing that's that's right it's that purpose that drive yeah wow good story man um, Kadivas, before we wrap it up, just a few other things. I want to ask you, what, what's your most cherished uh, Olympic memory from your two Olympics? My most cherished Olympic memory. That's tough. Um, yeah, I got I to. Yeah, I have to come back to that. And I think it's probably. Well, it's you know, to be honest, my se- okay, the second Olympic, my 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 wife and both of my sons were there. That 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 was pretty big and then we this is going to sound okay. crazy um, after the Olympics uh, my participation in the Olympics we took a trip from London to Brussels Belgium and I had I had a uh, I had a, a college friend that lived in Brussels Belgium and me my wife my, my sons and her and her husband you know we just kind of it was just it was just a nice good relaxing vacation you know we, you know so that was a, a a good one for me athens was both the olympics was nice athens was really nice being in the original you know kind of you know olympic stadium and all those types of things so that was pretty unique but the olympics in and of itself the oh, yeah. experience is pretty amazing because of why you're there so what i what i mean by that is not just the, the, the competing but having so many people from a different part of the world all there for one specific positive um, reason uh, was big for me. Yeah. That's, that's one of the beautiful things yep. about sport in, in any, in any sport. Yep. It really does bring people together and the Olympics is, is the biggest stage of them all. It brings the world together, you know, so it's really cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, one last question. I want to talk just quickly. Tell us about your book. So you authored a book called When Seconds Count, and you also have a DV- DVD yeah, available, so Explore Your, uh, explore your DVD, Core. DVD. Do you want to tell us about those DVD, real quick? Just me. When I was uh, living in Santa Monica, we used to do – I had a core class I taught, and it would be just – it would be some of the athletes I coached, some Olympians and all sorts of people. Okay. We did a pretty intense core system. I still do it with my athletes to this day. So I've had individuals from Olympic champions to just regular, you know, everyday weekend warriors do it. But it has some really good uh, core and ab work that you probably won't get anywhere else. And it's, it's pretty challenging, but it's fun and it's exciting. And, uh, and I've been doing it for years. And uh, in my book, The Seconds Count, Major Things Happen in Minor Moments, uh, the book I, I, you know, I wrote, it was pretty much uh, giving examples from my life on, and essentially the the gist is, during my life, 
because I'm from the inner city, you know, from a pretty tough neighborhood or whatever you want to call it. Um, hmm. Well, there was people that was better than me in track and different sports and the whole nine. People smarter than me in the whole nine. So I always tell people that, so why me? You know, and you will hear a lot of people say this. You know, even you might feel this way. Well, I real what during times in my life when it was time to make a, a, a major decision, during those 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 minor moments, those major moments also, I was able to make the right decision. So when seconds count, it's saying it's a play on words because in track and field, seconds always count, right? Well, in life, seconds always count. You know. So are you going to mm-hmm. be are you going to be able to step up when seconds count? That's the question we all have to ask ourselves. Are you preparing yourself to be able to, to, to come to the call when your kid, when your son or daughter needs you when seconds count? Will you be ready? No matter what it is, when your wife needs you, when a co-worker needs you, when something happens, will you be ready when seconds count? That's what it's about. And the only way you will is if you're navigating at your highest potential every day. If you're not navigating at, at, at a high potential or at your highest potential, you're going to find yourself ill-prepared when you're when you're when it's really needed. So when seconds count is saying, okay, as I navigate through life and as I navigate through life, trying my best to navigate at a high level, hopefully that's gonna prepare me to be ready when seconds count, which just means being ready always. I like everything. It. I like it. Uh, where can where can we find your book well, and where can we find your website, DVD? Uh, com with my DVD. You can just it's on there, or you can just uh, send me a, you know, email, text through, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of those, you know, platforms is Kadivas. So everything with me is Kadivas, and then my book's on Amazon. You can just go to Amazon and uh, look look up my name, and it'll come up when seconds count. Uh, uh, major things happen in minor moments, and and you can just reach out to me. You know, if you need any advice or anything, mentors, coaching, whatever that may be. This is my life's purpose. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, you know, obviously I'm a coach at Ohio State, and. I do speaking in the whole nine, but I really believe that there's something that we all have in us that, that God and the universe gave us, and it's our job to give it to the world, and if we don't give it to the world, then the world won't get it, so it's my job to make sure that I'm helping each and every person uh, get that get that skill set and get that talent and get that gift out there, because uh, who knows, it might come to a point where I actually need it, so that's Kadivas. I appreciate that, Kadivas, and, and you certainly are a man of your word because I yep. reached out to you on LinkedIn, asked you to come on the show, and you were like, let's do this. So I really appreciate that. Um, it's been huge, and um, thank you so much for, for sharing your time with us and sharing your story and your inspiration with everybody here. So if you go on Facebook, look up um, uh, ACT 2020, or just type my name in, but it's called Sports World 2020. Um uh, I've been interviewing Olympic champions, Justin Gatlin, uh, uh, people from actually overseas saying it's, it's been amazing to be quite honest. Cause I'm learning so much from them. Uh, but yeah, sports world, 2020 Facebook live Sundays, uh, you know, type my name in, like I said, send me a, um, a, a text or an email or something. I can get that information to you because it's not just about sports. It's the most, that's what I got to put out there. I rarely talk about just hardcore sports. I mean, we will go through it, but it's about life, man. You'll be let me say this real quick. Here's one thing that I do. I've, I've, I've interviewed uh, individuals yeah. that play, you know, that's from, you know, bobsled to track and field, of course, and other sports. I'm talking about individuals that's 
from Kenya and Jamaica, of course, the U.S. I mean, all over the world, there's the Olympic gold medalists. And I always ask them, do you, do you get nervous before racing? Do you get afraid? And they always say yes. So my podcast is letting people know that these are just humans. They're just people. But what separates them is that winners and champions mindset. And that winners and champions mindset is a skill set. And all skill sets can be developed because repetition is the mother of all skill by doing it over and over again. So that's what my podcast. My podcast is pretty much uh, showing people that they all have a champion within them. You know, so I get excited about that because I know sometimes you might look at, you know, some of these amazing yeah. people and athletes or whatever and go, well, they just have no, 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 no. It's not, it's not as easy as you think. That's it, man. Hard, hard work beats talent, as they say. And uh, we're definitely going to have to check out your podcast, man. <laughs> right, you get so me we'll, you get me so excited and fired up. I'm going to have a hard we'll time going again, to sleep tonight now. <laughs> might, to go, might have to go for a run. Will do. Hey, thanks, Will Kadivis. Do. I got one last thing to say, and that is to run wild. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Trail Tales ARP. If you like our show, please help us out by subscribing to our show so you don't miss any new episodes. Also by leaving us a review. And please visit trailtalesarp.com where you can get even more content. You can also follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tales underscore ARP on Facebook at trailtalesarp. See you next week.